When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Forty Nineers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco. This is part of our Super Bowl week coverage. If you missed Brian's interview with Mark Schlereth yesterday, you can check it out on our feed. And we're just continuing with the interviews this week and the guests. And I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. You may know from a few different places. He spent time as a scout. He was a producer for Good Morning Football, and is currently both producing an on-air on Kay Adams show on FanDuel TV. And his host of the breakdown on KC Sports Network. He is Matt Hamilton. Matt, thanks for the time, buddy. Al, thanks for having me on. Excited, uh, excited to be joining you. So you're out. I know you're out in Vegas right now. How's the? I know it's only Tuesday, but what's the Super Bowl experience been like so far? Has it been nuts out there? Man, it has been electric so far already. Usually, it takes till like Wednesday or Thursday to get this kind of energy. Um, but Vegas is just buzzing right now. There are so many Niners fans out here that I've seen already. Um, you know, there have been some Chiefs fans too, but I feel like the Niners fans are outnumbering them so far. Um, and it's just yeah, the energy out here. Vegas, I feel like, was made to host the Super Bowl. This is going to be a pretty special one. Yeah, I was just telling Matt off the air, I was going to try to get out there and I had some personal stuff. I couldn't get out there and I can't even go on social media and look at anything right now. You guys look like it's amazing and it's it's killing me. So, <laughs> But at least I get to do this and talk to the people that are there. But, um, so I know you've been covering this Chiefs team and this team could really be in the midst of a dynasty if, you, if they already haven't had a mini dynasty right now. But during the season, they looked really beatable. They were nine and yeah. six. They had a bad loss on Christmas. Offensively, the receivers aren't catching the ball. Travis Kelsey was looking, I guess he was looking his age there for a while. He was looking kind of old. Um, they were held to 20 points or less overall in the season, 10 times, 20 points or less, 10 times the season offensively. The defense is still looking really good, but still going into the playoffs. I'm like, this is a chiefs team that can be beaten. This is, this is the year. And here we are in the Super Bowl again. What did they do to turn it around and write the ship in the postseason? I think there's two things really to look at here. I think one, as you mentioned with Kelsey, he was looking his age this year. And I do think a lot of that had to do with some injuries he was dealing with. I think that decision to sit in week 18, get himself an extra week of rest, get healthy mm-hmm. for the playoffs was massive. And it, and it couldn't have been an easy decision. He missed out on, you know, racking up another consecutive thousand yard season um, by sitting. But I, I think that's kind of rejuvenated him here for this playoff run. And the other factor is, is Patrick Mahomes 
really changing his approach. He was turning the ball over at a rate we'd never seen before this year. Mm-hmm. He was really pressing at times, forcing things. And in this playoff run, uh, he kind of talked about it before going into it, how he needed to realize, like, hey, the defense is the strength of our team. I need to make, take the throws that are there, take what the defense is giving me, and protect the football. And that's really what he's done. He's He hasn't turned it over once this entire playoff run. He hadn't even gone back-to-back games in the regular season without a turnover. So I think wow. it's those two factors that have really contributed to this run we've seen out of KC. In the Chiefs' D, this, this is the part that scares me about them because their defense has been so good. They held the points, opponents to 21 points or less in 17 of the 20 games. But in the games that they allowed 24 points or more, which were to Green Bay, Denver, um, and the Bills, they gave up a total of 464 rushing yards, and those teams ran the ball 104 times. They have the seventh worst um, yards per carry against them at 4.5 this year during the regular season. Is this the way the Niners can attack the Chiefs, or do you think this is overblown watching them the whole year as you have? No, absolutely. I think you hit it on the head. I think that's the one weak spot in this defense. And we saw Baltimore get kind of scared out of running the football by, by mm-hmm. the stack boxes. I think with the Niners, the Niners are going to have to go strength against strength, bring out some heavy personnel and run the ball and not get scared out of it when the Chiefs go heavy. Obviously, you you know, you still want to have some balance and use those talented weapons that Brock has, but I do think that's the weakness because the secondary has been incredible, especially those mm-hmm. corners, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, I think has become the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. Um, so you really, you know, especially throwing outside the numbers, you got to take advantage of the middle of the field in the passing game. And you have to stick to the run, even even though we know, you know, knowing we know about Spags, he's going to be aggressive up front and he's going to try to take it away. But you just have to have faith in in, in your guys up front, um, you know, if you're the Niners, that that you can win. And there's no reason not to have faith that you could win with your heavy personnel against theirs. Yeah, and I think that's the way they have to go, too. I'll ask you a little bit more about that later. But you mentioned Spagnuolo. He's been such a big game D.C. all throughout his career. Going back to the Giants, we had those games in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. He just comes up big, it seems like, year after year. What do, what do you think it is? Does he change his approach? Does he does he hide, disguise things more? Why is Spag so, in his defensive, so effective in the postseason? That's a great question, uh, because I don't, I don't know if there's anything that tangibly. I think it's just that he stays so aggressive. And I think you see a lot of defenses in big moments in, in playoff games get a little bit shy. They don't want to give up the big play there for, you know, and I don't think Spags has ever been afraid of giving up the big play. You go back to Super Bowl 42 uh, when he was with the Giants against the Patriots, he came after Brady play after play after play. He got creative up front and how he designed things too and, and disguised things. But he came after him and, you know, the, there were a couple near misses downfield that the Patriots had, but ultimately that was the difference in that game. And we saw him do it to Lamar Jackson again, a couple of weeks ago, he, you know, he, he challenged Lamar to beat him and, and, you know, trusted his corners to be able to cover the back end when he got aggressive up front and it's, it's worked beautifully. When you were a scout, was, were you a scout for the lions? Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how long were you there for? Uh, I was there for a year uh, in 2013. So Stafford, Calvin, Reggie Bush, uh, Darius Slay's rookie year. Yeah. So were you, you had to be pulling for the Lions in the NFC Championship game then, right? I had mixed feelings, obviously. Yeah. You know, my time up there, the, that fan base, what they've been through, um, you know, I would have loved to see it for them. But I also, I'm a huge 
Purdy fan from what I've seen, and I think he gets a lot of unfair uh, criticism. So I wanted to see him have a big game. I definitely didn't want to see it, you know, didn't want to see it go the way the first half was going. Um, so, yeah. you know, I kind of both sides of me were being torn there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed for the Lions, but I was really happy to see Purdy have the second half that he had. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I know it hasn't shut people up, but he's well, he should be on his road to, <laughs> to shutting some of those people up. Yeah. And I, I do have some Purdy stuff to ask you too, but I, I guess I, I asked you about that FC championship game. Cause I know, you, I know you probably watched it closely because we're, I'm worried about coming into this game. I know, I know Purdy's inexperienced and he's got to take care of the ball. And there's been a lot of talk on Purdy, but if yeah. people have been paying attention to this 49ers defense, they have not looked good lately yeah. going back to the end of the regular season in that first half against the lions, even Nick Bosa called it embarrassing. And it was, and if they come out against the chiefs, I don't know if the chiefs are going to leave the door open. So when you look at how bad they were in the, in the first half and just how inconsistent they've been, is there anything you're seeing on that side of the ball for the Niners that is showing you where the issues are? Yeah, I mean, one of the things in that game that really jumped out was the Lions' ability to attack the edges in the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen that many toss plays be that successful. They just weren't taking care of the edge um, and rallying to the football well enough. And that's, you know, it's surprising when you have the personnel that they have that that was happening. Uh, they were getting outflanked a little bit. Um and I do think, you know, I think they miss Italiano Hufanga, who is just an absolute missile and can blow things up. He's he's an impossible guy to replace because there's nobody in the league currently that plays like him. Um, so I think that's been a part of it too. But uh, but yeah, it was kind of stunning to see that. And even in the second half, while they got some stops, some of it was more due to the Lions' miscues. So. Uh, hopefully, these couple of weeks have allowed them to reset, get a little bit healthier. I'm sure there's you know, some injuries that are factors in there up front too, not to make excuses, but mm-hmm. hopefully these couple of weeks allow them to get a little bit healthier and get back to being the team that we know they can be defensively. Mahomes is the great equalizer because he's, you know, the best quarterback on the planet. But when you look at the rest of the Chiefs personnel, do you think they have what it takes to attack the Niners defense? Can they attack the edges or, or are they more in between the tackles with Pacheco? Yeah, I mean, Pacheco is, you know, does his best work in between the tackles. Um, I do think there are ways you can you can scheme it up. And Joe Tooney, it sounds like, is probably not going to play, which would be a big blow mm-hmm. um, for that offensive line. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the receiving core, Rasheed Rice has really emerged as a number one over the second half of the season. That's been a big part of their turnaround as well. Yeah. Um, so definitely don't sleep on him with all the Kelsey stuff going on. He is, he is a legitimate number one in this league. And we've seen guys, Marquez Valdez Scantling, I think was a little in his head during the season with some of those drops. He's made a huge play in pretty much every playoff game for them. You know, so we know that there are guys that can make big plays in these games. So, um, you know, while they've had some struggles at some of the other spots outside of Kelsey, even, you know, uh, even at points during this playoff run, I still, this is a, this is an offense that can be really dangerous. And as you said, when you have Patrick Mahomes back there, you know, it's, it's always terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what they've done this year. He could put up, I feel like 40, you know, any day he's just, he's just amazing. All right. We talked about Brock Purdy and this is a 49er show. And we talk about this every single show, I feel like, but it is frustrating, you know, to watch him as closely as I have. And I'm sure you have, and just see what he's accomplished this year as a second year quarterback, any second year quarterback doing this is, is incredible let alone somebody who's taking taking it in the seventh round. And it feels like the goalposts just continue to get moved for him. 
you know, he, yeah. he, he can never do. Maybe if he comes out and throws five touchdown passes and looks like Joe Montana in 1980 <laughs> in the Super Bowl 24 yeah. or whatever it was, maybe people will finally shut up. I, I don't know. But when you saw him this year, I'm just curious. And again, you know, you were a scout in the league. You worked in the league forever. Just what what is your take on Purdy from what you saw in the regular season and even the ups and downs he's had in the postseason so far? Yeah, and I think even going back to last season, I I did a breakdown of him with Kay after his first after his first game, after his first uh, you know his first time filling in for for Jimmy and. Kay even told me off the air, she's like, you're talking about him? Like, you never talk about quarterbacks <laughs> until they have enough time under their belts. Like, you hate get, you know, you hate being too early. You want to see enough film. And I'm like, some of the things I saw in that game were totally atypical of a rookie quarterback taken as late as he was. So I want to get ahead of this. And I think the thing that stands out the most is just his mastery of the offense. And it's stuff that's not tangible, which is why he doesn't get credit mm. because he doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not physically imposing. You know, he may miss some things from time to time, but the command that he has, the quickness that he gets through his reads and gets to the right read, you know, it's night and day from what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo, who was late to a lot of stuff in this offense. Brock Purdy is anticipating things at another level. He's getting everything out on time, and that can't be, you know, overlooked. That's one of the most important parts of playing the position. It's not about being the most physically talented. It's getting, finding the open guy and getting him the ball. And Purdy does that about as well as anybody. Yeah. And it's the off schedule plays. that just really impressed me with him. It was, I think it was yeah. tied at 20, 24. And then it's a championship game. It's a good example. Pocket collapses. He gets out of it, rolls out, hits use tech, use check for a 10 yard gain and a first down. And that was a play Kyle Shanahan was talking about and said, I was getting ready to call a second and 20 play call because yeah. it looked like yeah. he's definitely going to get sacked. And yeah, it's, it's just amazing what he's done. I feel like unless you look like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes now or Josh Allen, people just don't want to give quarterbacks credit. And, and yeah, I think Purdy's done more than Justin Herbert has so far, you know, in terms of what he's accomplished in the league, not as physically yeah. talented, but yeah, I don't, I don't know when he's going to get the credit, but it, it is frustrating with how he's, what he's and- done. And even with the off-schedule plays, you know, you have some people, you know, after the second half against the Lions, like finally giving him some credit. Oh, he showed that he can do things off-schedule when everything isn't there in this offense. Look at his first start against Tampa. What what did he do in that game last year? He's shown this ability throughout. It's just now he's at a point where he's really forcing people to have to pay attention because you do it on that stage in the NFC Championship game. But um, you did mention before there are, you know, the one thing he'll give you one or two throws a game that are – you know, begging for a turnover. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing he can't afford to do in this game. Um, but, you know, again, he's a quarterback in his second year that's still developing too. And that's the other yeah. part of this. We haven't seen the best football out of him yet. I was just doing some research. Um, and I, George Kittle has 13 touchdown receptions in Purdy's 21 starts. And he had yeah. 24 in his previous 77 games. So it just shows you, does he make the players around him better? Yeah, he does. <laughs> when you look at the numbers yeah. like that. So, all right, Matt. Yeah. What and are name, some and name one quarterback that hasn't had a great coach and great weapons around him and been successful, yeah, you know? Right. It's, it's ridiculous. Especially when you go back in 49ers history and you're taking away from Joe Montana because he had Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and and Bill Walsh. Like it's it it it's it's an absurd argument today. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. You're, I agree with you 100 percent So all right. What are some things in this game? that would worry you if you're the 49ers. So where can the Chiefs exploit the Niners? Where are they vulnerable, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, 
I think the right side of that offensive line still worries me at times, especially with Spag's aggressiveness and the way he's going to blitz it. And I, I have a feeling he's going to target that. I think Chris, we're going to see Chris Jones over there a lot. Um, and I think we're going to see some pressures that are specifically designed to attack that side of the line. And, uh, you know, that's where Purdy, you know, when you look at the scramble he had late against the Lions, it was when that right side was collapsing. That's where his ability to make some stuff happen is going to be crucial. Um, so that's one area of concern. Um, and just dealing with Travis Kelsey as many, you know, as great as Warner mm-hmm. and Greenlaw have been and been in coverage, Kelsey's just such a different animal. Um, and, you know, we saw that game last season that got away from the Niners late against the Chiefs. Um, you know, people keep pointing to the final score. It was a little closer than the final score suggested. It kind of spiraled yeah. late, but Kelsey – Kelsey had his way with them at a, at a bunch of different points in that game. Um, so, you know, I think those are the two things that that would probably concern me the most at this point. And then we brought up the running game. And I, I think the way the Niners win this game is, yeah, they go heavy. They commit to the run. McCaffrey touches the ball 30 times. You mix in Debo. And because the defense has been a little shaky, control the clock, keep Mahomes off the field. That's that's the way I feel the Niners win the game. How, how do you feel the Niners should attack, attack the Chiefs? Yeah, I do, I do think that's going to be the key. I think that run game, again, it's it's a different Chiefs team than we've seen in the past. The book used to be the only teams that would beat them is when you controlled the clock like that. Now it's, you know, it's 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 tough to do because that defense is so good. But I do think getting mm-hmm. that running game going is going to be key. And really, I think the middle of the field, you know, the Chiefs safeties, linebackers and coverage, I think, you know, the Niners have the weapons to really take advantage of the middle of the field. And that's where the game's going to have to be won in the passing game. And uh, that's that comes down to Brock's anticipation, Kittle winning, Debo making those tough plays in traffic. And, you know, I think they have the personnel t- to be able to do that. Matt, we appreciate the time, man. Can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm super jealous, but enjoy Vegas. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 